Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. KQED has confirmed the passing of Senator Dianne Feinstein. She was 90 years old. Scott Schaefer looks back at her storied career. Dianne Feinstein's rise in politics began in 1978, when the city was jolted by two assassinations at City Hall. As president of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, she announced the stunning news. Both Mayor Moscone and Supervisor Harvey Milk have been shot and killed. After Moscone's death, Feinstein became mayor, a job she held for nine years. Former San Francisco Mayor Willie Brown, a longtime political ally of hers, said Feinstein's handling of the assassinations crisis cemented her reputation. It was a dramatic demonstration of how, in the face of total and complete disaster, somebody could stand up and try as best she could to settle the ship. As mayor, Feinstein governed from the center, winning support from business groups and the city's more conservative voters. In a 2001 interview with C-SPAN, Feinstein attributed her political philosophy to her upbringing. My mother was a Democrat. My father was a Goldwater Republican. So uh, we had a split family. It made for very interesting conversations at dinner. In 1984, San Francisco hosted the Democratic National Convention, and Feinstein made the short list to become presidential nominee Walter Mondale's running mate. By then, the AIDS epidemic was ravaging her city. The federal government, under President Ronald Reagan, mostly ignored it. As a young physician at San Francisco General Hospital, Paul Volberding often briefed Mayor Feinstein on what was needed to fight the disease. I don't recall any moment in the early epidemic when I was told, no, we can't do that because we don't have the resources. And that really goes to her leadership and a great credit to her. In 1990, after leaving the mayor's office, Feinstein ran for governor. She lost narrowly to Republican Senator Pete Wilson. But a year later, the political climate changed with the Senate confirmation hearings of Supreme Court nominee Clarence Thomas. Welcome, Professor Hill. When law professor Anita Hill accused Thomas of sexual harassment when they worked together, the Judiciary Committee questioned Hill's integrity and motivation, as Democratic Senator Hal Heflin of Alabama did. Are you a scorned woman? Do you have a militant attitude relative to the area of civil rights? Feinstein used those widely criticized hearings as a springboard to the U.S. Senate. Many people took a look at that all-male Judiciary Committee and frankly felt they badly botched the job. 
Campaigning for the Senate in San Diego in 1992, Feinstein championed legislation to codify a woman's right to an abortion into federal law. The Congress must pass it and the president must sign it. And if he vetoes it, we must override that veto. Feinstein rode the moment to victory, part of a wave that more than doubled the number of women in the U.S. Senate. In Washington, she championed gun control, overcoming stiff odds to pass a federal ban on assault weapons in 1994. Later that year, she was elected to a full six-year term. She developed a reputation as a workhorse, someone who did her homework and wasn't afraid to rock the boat. In 2014, over objections from the Obama administration, she took to the Senate floor to release a comprehensive report on torture by the CIA following the 9-11 attacks. Releasing this report is an important step to restore our values and show the world that we are, in fact, a just and lawful society. The 500-page summary report by the Intelligence Committee Feinstein chaired revealed in stark detail CIA mistreatment of prisoners, things like waterboarding and sleep deprivation. She stuck to her guns despite all the pressure. That's Tom Blanton, a national security expert in Washington. He says the investigation Feinstein directed held the intelligence community accountable. I think the Senate torture report was probably the high point of Senator Feinstein's entire Senate career. Despite that leadership, Feinstein was often regarded as too conservative, especially among California Democrats. And the election of Donald Trump in 2016 put Feinstein's brand of bipartisanship even further out of step within her own party. By the summer of 2017, Trump's pattern of lies and racist comments was well established. So when Feinstein was asked how Democrats should deal with Trump in an interview in San Francisco, her response triggered audible gasps in the audience. Look, this man is going to be president, most likely for the rest of this term. I just hope he has the ability to learn and to change. And if he does, he can be a good president. And that's my hope. Her comments prompted critics to say that Feinstein was hopelessly out of touch with her state, which voted overwhelmingly for Hillary Clinton. Democrats who hoped Feinstein would step aside for a new generation of candidates were disappointed, even angry, when she sought and won another six-year term in 2018 at the age of 85. Former aide Jim Lazarus believes her reasons for staying in office rather than enjoying retirement were intensely personal. I just don't think she could see what else to do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Uh, She felt, you know, well enough and alert enough and strong enough to, to serve. And, you know, she had huge seniority. But her final years in the Senate were marked by quiet observations from colleagues that her mental acuity was slipping along with her effectiveness. But she rebuffed efforts to ease her into an early retirement. In the end, Feinstein's most enduring legacy may be opening more doors for women in politics. Malia Cohen, who served on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors before winning statewide office, remembers meeting Feinstein at City Hall on a third-grade field trip, where Feinstein told her class one of them could be mayor one day. I believe that I'm standing on her shoulders, as well as the shoulders of many women that have served, and I wouldn't be here without her leadership. While some Democrats felt Dianne Feinstein was too moderate and stayed in office too long, she'll also be remembered as a woman who led her city through moments of extraordinary grief and crises to 
became an effective champion for important national issues in the U.S. Senate. For The California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of The California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. That's this edition of the California Report for Friday, September 29th, where a production of KQED. I'm Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and adult and children's health systems working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org. The Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved children and youth. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery on the web at SchmidtOcean.org. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.